The following is a message from Reverend Ken Belden of Wellsprings Congregation. For the last few weeks, when I open up my phone and I go to my Spotify, it looks like this. Or heavy rotation, because it's me, there's always some mountain goats in there. There's barely a day goes by. I don't listen to mountain goats. I know for you that means nothing to me. It means something that's okay. <laughs> Christmas 2018, this playlist that I've been working on for about six years now. It's up to about 160, 170 songs. Each year I find just a few more that I want to add. It's got some classics like, you know, Dino doing the Marshmallow World thing where he sounds like he's between mm, Scotch 3 and Scotch 4. <laughs> you know, I've got some classics in there that uh done a little bit differently, like... Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, she of blessed memory, doing a beautiful version of Silent Night, Holy Night, that we'll end our services here with tomorrow evening. Done just slightly differently. For a very different version of the same song, I have uh, one from uh, the 80s kind of pop goof punk band, The Dickies, where it sounds like the singer has been sucking in helium. Interesting version of Silent Night, Holy Night. And then I've got a whole other genre of songs that aren't quite Christmas songs. But they're associated, maybe. One of my favorites, Sif John Stevens, wonderful, soulful singer. Beautiful line. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. I'm not sure in traditional hymns if there's any more important line for me. And then another one, The Sound of Music. These are a few of my favorite things. Now, a lot of people do think of this as a Christmas song. I grew up with this, thinking of it as a Christmas song. But Christmas isn't mentioned in the entire song at all. I mean, there's the brown paper packages tied up with strings and a lot of, like, scenes of winter. But it's not a Christmas song, at least not originally. It was a stage play in the late 50s before it became a movie in 1965. And somewhere in that space, Julie Andrews appeared on television on a holiday Christmas special singing... These are a few of my favorite things, and it started to become a Christmas song. A couple years after that, it was on a holiday album, and the rest, as they say, is history. The version on my playlist is the wonderful one from Diana Ross and the Supremes. It's two things I love about these are a few of my favorite things. How sense-based it is. Touch. Taste, smell, sight, sound. If you go through the list of the favorite things, they're all sensations. They're all things that we first, before we can think about them, we take them in through our bodies. And the second thing I love about my favorite things is that actually if you dig just a little bit below the surface, it's a trauma-informed song. Now by trauma, I mean simply this, that there are experiences in this, in this life that are painful, that are difficult, and at times, it could be just for a moment, it could be for decades, it overwhelms our capacity to be able to cope. And because it's from a kid's perspective, it's about dog bites and bee stings, and then the line goes, I simply remember my favorite things. And then I don't feel so bad. Helps the singer kind of recenter, reground. 
And the thing is, those two things I love about the song are actually one thing. That we know so much now in this time that we're alive that our ancestors knew, even if they didn't have the research to back it up, that one of the most truly grounding ways we can come back to our experience when we know traumatic moments is to come home to the body. It's different for all people. It's never exactly the same thing. I remember when I first really got a taste of this years ago. It was with a friend of mine, and he had been experiencing a really difficult, painful series of life events. And he had a day, one of those days that I think all of us know about, where nothing goes right. And he started to, if I would use the clinical language, I would say kind of decompensate. He became very agitated and very sad. And the tears just kept on flowing and kept on flowing and kept on flowing. And although it was years before I really studied this stuff, I knew that in that moment, what I didn't want to do was just witness. There are times, indeed many times, when sometimes the best thing we can do is witness another person's distress. But it wasn't helping in that moment. I know the other thing I didn't want to do is this. It is one of my favorite things. I think my truest meme I have ever read. I've shared this with you before. Some of you have shared it with me. Never in the history of calming down has anyone actually calmed down by being told to calm down. It doesn't work that way. That actually makes it worse very often. And so I think I read somewhere before this moment. Encourage the person to come back to your senses. And so I just started asking what do you see? And he started to say, I see a tree. I see a car. I see my hands. And I see you. And we just kept at this practice for about five or ten minutes. Just kept asking, what do you see? And eventually, he calmed down was able to self-regulate again by trusting one of those five senses. Any of you ever hear the phrase, flip your lid? Any of you have actually ever flipped your lid? (laughs) There's a great little demonstration, and this is a simplification of a simplification. So please, you know, if you want to look at the actual research, go and take a look at what Dan Siegel does. Imagine this is your brain. This is like the, you know, this is the spine, nervous signals going down here. This part of the fist is the brainstem, the most kind of ancient part of who we are, regulates the basic stuff. This thumb in here is the limbic system, kind of midbrain, emotional brain, fight or flight response, stores memories. This part of the brain here, the cerebral cortex, if you would, the newest part of our human evolution. Thought, reason, but also empathy, problem solving, kindness. One of the theories is that what happens when what happened with my friend occurred is he literally flipped his lid. (laughs) And in those moments, I think we know this for ourselves, I certainly do from my own experience, reason Rationality, (laughs) being kind to ourselves, 
it may very well not work. And so one of the ways that we can come back home is by trusting the body again. Getting in touch with those five senses that may give us the opportunity to bring us back into stability and to calm down once again. Today is the final message in this series about comfort and joy we've been doing leading into the holiday season. And when I have reflected on one of the things that has been consistent all throughout the series, it's been coming back home to the body. That comfort and joy is not exclusively, but in an integrated way about recognizing and remembering that we receive comfort and joy through all this good physical stuff. Good physical stuff. I didn't get that message growing up religiously. I didn't get the opposite message that this was bad physical stuff. It's just that like religion and spirituality was just associated with what we thought. Which is to say, I grew up in a tradition that was handed to me, not the actual tradition, but the way the tradition was given to me, is they did a whole big spiritual bypass. <laughs> it's not about the body. But in truth, so much of comfort and joy is. And I think especially this time of the year, in which so many people, ourselves, other people we know, people throughout the world, people throughout this culture, we struggle and kind of ping-pong back and forth between too much and too little. <laughs> Overstuffed schedules, too much to do, too many responsibilities, too much to eat, too many substances we take. Or, or maybe it's the opposite. Too little, too few uh, absence, perhaps, of feeling connected to other people or to ourselves or the, the sting of loss, of grief, really hits home at this time of the year. So many of us struggle to know what it's like to actually have a Goldilocks holiday season. Just right. Learn to come back home to the body can be a way that all of us can explore for ourselves what is just right, just now. Every year, every holiday season, I think this is my 20th or 21st as a clergy person, challenges every single year this time of the year. They're kind of intensified right now because there are challenges any time of the year. And this year, oof, particularly, it feels like those challenges are showing up in all kinds of ways. As more and more and more, it feels like our country really has just put its ethical moorings way, way far out to sea. And close to home as well, too, here. So if you are on the Wellsprings email list, you got, uh, this past Thursday, a pastoral letter that Reverend Lee and I sent out about two people who attended semi-regularly this community, our community, over the last couple of years, Heather and Warnell. And if you read the letter, you know that they both died recently. And I am not going to get in to the traumatic particularities. 
because you're not right now asking me to. You can look it up if you want to. I simply want to say it was violent and disturbing and heartbreaking. In fact, Lee and I only know of it because members of this community, you all, first reached out to us to let us know that people who had been in our midst no longer would be. And as many of you know, yes, there are children, foster children, biological children, and I wish I could share more with you right now. I don't know that much. When I do know or when Reverend Lee knows any more about how maybe we might be able to help those kids, we will share that with you. Like I said, I don't want to go into all the traumatizing details because there is nothing to be gained from that right now. It is simply enough maybe to recognize that to be able to absorb in any level this this awful news and, and the pain of our larger world, it is so very challenging. And so I want to trust, maybe not so much the joy part right now, but the comfort part of what this series is about. And invite us all in a particular way to come back home to the body in this moment. To the wisdom of the body that is able to be with and to attend with our experience, whatever your experience is right now in this moment. So this is, and I've got a few of these, a little bottle of lavender oil. Again, this is like one of those things that our ancestors knew and trusted for a very long time before modern science kind of caught up. And there is actual research now that is showing that lavender oil is associated with being able to, through the sense of smell, calm a brain that is agitated, or a lid that is flipped. And this is strong stuff here, so don't apply this, all right, on your, hand, on, on your body, because this is, this is uh, the pure stuff right here. And there's this little dropper in each of these as well, too, so don't, like, just rich it out too quickly because I don't want you getting, like, you know, I don't want your laundry bills, basically. <laughs> so I'm going to encourage you, take a small sniff, if you would, You can pass it by if you don't want to do it. Again, there's nothing compulsory here. And if you like it, take a couple more and then pass it on. Lee, would you come forward and grab a couple of these for the folks in the back? Thank you. So as we go through the rest of this message... Just see what that is like for you. Maybe it does nothing at all, and that's okay. And maybe you find in this moment, maybe when you've been really busy, (laughs) maybe after hearing this difficult news, it allows you to just come back home in a calming way. I think particularly this time of year, and that's one of the ironies, is like nature is really telling us right now, Calm the F down. 
We've just passed the solstice. Darkness exists for a reason. We don't have to be dualistic about it, where light is always good and darkness is always bad. Not at all. They belong together, and this time of the year has wisdom. Think of that line from the old Christmas story. Settled in for our long winter's nap. It was the night before Christmas. This time of the year, there are all kinds of rituals of rest that we can invite ourselves to, especially if we remember to come back home to the body. This is something, like I said, that I didn't grow up knowing, but I am learning. This is a Facebook post of mine from a few weeks back, just at the start. I used to be, it's a five o'clock somewhere person. Now I am a, it's never too early to change in a fleece person. Hashtag comfort and joy. I think that was from the first message I gave in the series. And yes, I say that as a person in recovery who for many, many, many years, decades in my life took false refuge to take away the stress and the pain and the distress that I was feeling. And yes, at times the trauma and it never did me any sustainable good. (laughs) And so with number of years of recovery under my belt, especially this time of the year. Semester was coming to a close. Things were due. Ministry here is vital and exciting and a lot. <laughs> I think actually I posted this on a Sunday and the sun was just starting to set. I think it was actually the Sunday after the clocks had shifted and it was like starting to get dark and maybe at like 448, 450 in the afternoon. I mean, like, the, you know, the second like football games weren't even at halftime yet. I thought, this is a good time for fleece. <laughs> a little bit of comfort and joy. And we can let our activity and our productivity and perhaps even our addiction to being in onward, forward movement all the time just rest and come back home to what is here right now. I recently saw this mug, which I love in all kinds of ways. Becoming an adult is the dumbest thing I ever did. <laughs> I don't really mean that because I've got a developmental view of the world, but there are days, right? There are days, quite a number of them at times, but there are days. (laughs) And on the back of this mug, there's uh, some script and it says, if you feel the urge to give me milk and cookies, wipe my face and put me down for a nap, go ahead. (laughs) So what I want to close with today is actually from a, a, a blog that's kind of about this same theme. It's Katie with an I, then Katie with a Y, then Kate with an E dot com. Katie, Katie, Kate. Actually, Reverend Lee pointed this out to me. And the writer is talking as a parent and saying, I'm going to say something that's really cliched that I hear parents say all the time, but I'm going to go for it anyway. I'm going to share her words with you. It's about that I wish I would have a bedtime and that there would be rituals of rest for me as an adult. I wish that, the writer says, about two hours before my bedtime, someone would cook me a hot dinner that included vegetables smothered in cheese sauce and call me to eat it in just as it hit the optimal mowing down temperature. I wish someone would know which was my favorite cup and set it down brimming with my favorite crushed ice and a splash of water for form. I wish someone would be pleased to watch me eat. I wish I could make someone's night by asking for more lasagna. (laughs) I wish that I could take my dishes to the sink when I was done. I wish someone would thank me for doing my chore. 
I wish I could get a high five for carrying my dish three feet. I wish someone would draw me a hot bath or turn on the shower while I selected my favorite book from the shelf. I wish I could dip my toes into the water or dance my fingers under the spray, finding the temperature just right, and then slip in. I wish someone would stand outside the tub holding an enormous me-sized towel. I wish they'd wrap me up from my shoulders to my toes. I wish they'd smell my hair, say, mmm, and pronounce me amazing. I wish I could go to my dresser and pull open my pajama drawer and find 14 sets of pajamas with all my favorite characters on them. A classic long sleeve set with the cast of Brooklyn 99. (laughs) An anchorman onesie. An organic cotton sleep dress adorned with Ruth Bader Ginsburg's collar. I wish someone who loved me and paid attention to what I love, would pick these things for me just because they noticed I liked them, because they thought it would make me smile. I wish they'd wash them while I was playing on the swings and fold them while I read my favorite chapter book in the afternoon sunlight, and I wish they'd slip them into my drawer while I stood in the shower and wondered what I'd like to be when I grow up other than loved like this forever, obviously. I wish I could crawl into a bed that was 14 times my size and listen to someone I love read a story I picked. Hmm. Now, of course, we know not everyone's childhood is like this. Oh, I think we can all agree that everyone's childhood should be like this. And I think we can agree that as Adults, many of us kind of wish this was the case. And maybe it can't be exactly like this, but trust me, as a recovering person who has discovered the joys of fleece sometimes very early in the day, sometimes it can be like this. So today I invite you, come back home to the body. Come home to your favorite things of the five senses. Come home to your senses. So that maybe, most likely, touching these things, experiencing these things, we may know, not here, not intellectually, but here, all around, all over, the first words that start the basics of metta, of loving-kindness meditation. May all beings be safe, including ourselves. It may not be the case that all beings are safe right now. We know it's the fact that they're not. But may we hold that aspirations. May all beings be safe, including ourselves. Amen. And may you live in blessing. Would you pray with me? Starting here, where else could we start? The God that is at home and in this moment. The breath. The breath that we do not think. 
the breath that we breathe and the breath that breathes us, the breath that reminds us we are connected creatures. And yet we forget. We forget because of stress and distress and our own mindlessness at times and because life is painful, we forget. And then we remember. We can come home again to the God that is at home with this breath, with this body, with this moment. Amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's Wellsprings, the letters uu.org.